0: what is a monetized mindset? How does it impact your financial security? How does that help you deal with what happens when what happens happens? Welcome your host, Bart Merrill. Hey,
1: everybody. Welcome to today's episode of the Monetize Your Mindset podcast. This podcast is where we look at the the opportunities that are all around us so that we can create financial security by monetizing what we already know. We ask the questions, what do you like to do? What do you need to do? What are you already doing? Let's monetize it. If you're going to do it anyway, you might as well get paid for it. Today we have a special guest. We have Eric Aroca. He's a speaker, a trainer, a coach. We're going to discuss today the, the things that he did when he transitioned from being a sales rep to doing his own thing. Welcome, Eric Aroka. Welcome, Eric. Thanks, Bart. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you. like I said, thanks for coming. I really have come to know you. I, we met in Toastmasters a few yeah. years ago, and it was right about the time that you just finished up a book. So I went to your, your book signing and got your book and read it. You have a very interesting story, a very compelling story. Thank you. And so just... Just tell us a little bit about you. Let's start there.
0: Yeah, so I moved to the United States as a as a kid. I was nine years old and moved from Chile uh, to Happy Valley, USA, Utah, Provo, Utah area, and just basically grew up here in the valley. And uh, went to high school. met my met my wife in high school. We have uh, how many kids do we have? <laughs> we have five kids, two grandkids. I've been in sales my entire life, ever since I could remember. I have been in, I've been selling something. When I was really, really young, I was selling, uh, I guess you guys would have sold baseball cards. We did soccer cards. And I remember being really good at swapping or talking kids out of giving me their best cards for one of my <laughs> not so great cards. So I've always been in sales, and that's really been my background up until about seven years ago. I've been in pharmaceutical. Well, let me just say, I probably have sold in just about every industry, but the last two that I really enjoyed was pharmaceutical and med- medical device. So up to about seven years ago, I was doing medical device.
1: Cool. And what happened? Tell us what what happened. Why did you transition out?
0: Well, it's one of those things where, you know, I had a, a very personal experience uh, as a father uh, with one of my kids. And it just, it got to me, and it got to the point where I I couldn't function. I, I wasn't sleeping because of what had ha- occurred to one of my kids, and uh, I, just, I was just having a really hard time. And I went from being at the top of the sales list to the bottom of the sales list. And, uh, you know, sales is all performance-based. So if you're not performing, it's all about what have you done for me lately. <laughs> and uh, it just got to the point after about three months where I, I couldn't snap out of it. I wasn't sleeping at nights. My, my work performance was really, was really being affected by this experience. And my boss came to me and said, we need to make a change. And I totally agreed and I stepped away. So it's kind of a forced deal, right? right. I said that we both came to a mutual agreement, but really it was just them saying, you need to, we need, you need to go do something else. And so I was left without anything. I went from a really great, great job with awesome benefits and perks and everything that you can imagine to nothing. And I had savings and pension plans and all those kinds of things that I could fall back on. But I didn't know what I was going to do. I had no direction. I, I had no I had no motivation to get back into sales. None. I just I didn't want to do the rat race anymore. Right. And I, I was tired of people telling me what success looked like. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So one day I just decided, you know what? I need to find something to do. What am I good at? What, what do I enjoy doing? I started thinking that people at church would often say, oh, I liked that story that you talked about at church or that if you, if you, give, a, if you give a speech, you know, the people would say, oh, you did a really great job. And I would, I would always say the same thing. Oh, oh, you're so nice. Thank you so much, right? Because people are being sweet. They're being polite. And I just took it as that. And my uncle... Um, Julio is a is a personal coach very successful personal coach and I just talked to him one day and I said hey I have this thought about becoming a speaker but I don't know what that means and he just looked at me and he said you know what you need to come to Toastmasters I didn't know what the heck he was talking about like (laughs) Toastmasters like what are we I I don't even like toast bro you know (laughs) it's like I didn't know what to think so I went to the meeting and uh that day I joined Park City Toastmasters and it was a game changer uh they I remember my first speech I I got up and I give this first speech uh it was like three to I think it was five to six minutes or something like that and they voted me best speaker after the speech and right away, I thought, well, these are the nicest people ever. <laughs> this is my kind of club, right? Because, I mean, they're being super sweet. And, and everybody was being very polite and just very, very nice. And, and I thought, oh, this is going to be a great place. And I, could, I can learn how to become a speaker potentially or something like that. I still didn't know what being a speaker meant. I didn't have a platform. I, I really had, hadn't even thought about the ideas yet as to what my platform would be or, or would become. And I did that for about five or six speeches. And I, every time I spoke, I got best speaker. And I just think these, these are the nicest people on the planet, right? These are such sweet people. And after about the fifth speech, I started really listening to what people were saying. And they were saying things like, you need to do this for a living. You need to get paid to do this. You are incredible. You're this, you're that, you're that. And it could have easily gone to my head. I tried to remain humble and just keep it you know at that level and but I really focused on what they were saying and so I just started doing my homework on how do you become a speaker and what story do I have and it was interesting because I actually had lunch with a very prominent media person in Salt Lake City and we obviously went to like Market Street Grill which was you know as you know very pricey right and I was thinking man I better get some really good material or information (laughs) out of this lunch right I think the lunch was like $150 or something crazy. And I was like, geez, you know, I'm unemployed. <laughs> and uh, so we went to lunch and I told him what I was thinking about and and just sharing ideas. And he looked at me and he said, Eric, who do you think you are? And I, I really know how to handle that question. I wasn't prepared for that. And so he said, the reason why I ask you this is because what I know about you, you're no one. He said, you don't. You don't. You don't have a wheelchair. You don't. Obviously, you're not handicapped in, in some way. Um, and then he asked me some other questions. He asked me like, have you have you um, beat an illness like cancer or, or something like that? Um, are you a are you a famous athlete? Um, have you climbed Mount Everest? Have you? And and he just rattled off all these things. And and I was like, no, 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 no. I haven't done any of that. And driving back into the bubble, back into Utah County, I was. I was so ticked off because I kept thinking, I just spent 150 bucks at lunch, and this guy basically called me a loser, right? Mm-hmm. And so, when I got back into the bubble, that's what I call Utah County, into the <laughs> bubble. So, when I got back in, I was thinking, wait a minute, he is right. I haven't done any of those things, but there's all these other things that I have done. I have all these amazing experiences as a salesperson. Or I have all these amazing experiences with my family and just life lessons and, and what have you. And I thought, I can do this. And so from that point forward, I started putting my platform together. And when I first started as a speaker, uh, my platform was Live the Life You Have Always Imagined. In fact, that's the title of my book. Right. And, and I just talked about life lessons and life experiences that I've had. Not graduating high school until I was 25 years old. Uh, that, that was a huge triumph for me because I really believed that I was a stupid kid right. I wasn't smart and then I found out when I was in my 30s that I had a pretty severe form of dyslexia and it kind of all made sense if you can't read there's, life gets pretty difficult if you can't read uh, and so just how I overcame those life, uh, life obstacles uh, to the point where that became my platform is live the life you have always imagined and just teaching people how to live core principles that allows them to live the life that they've always imagined. Because we're all full of excuses. Well, I don't do this because of my age. Well, I don't do that because my finances. I don't do this because of whatever reason. When in reality, that, none of that stuff matters. To some degree, right? right? I mean, if you want to be a world traveler, you should probably figure out either how to do it for free or <laughs> have the money to go out and actually do it, right? right and so, right. but what I'm saying is that you shouldn't have any excuses. You should just live that life that you've always wanted to live, that life that you imagined in living. And becoming a speaker was quickly becoming that life for me.
1: Right. Well, I, two things I want to hit on that you that you mentioned. One was life happened and you had a change, you were, you were in a situation where you needed to do something. On my, my platform, I have a, a saying that I say, you know, what happens when what happens happens? Yeah. Are you prepared? And that means if life happens, are you ready? And that's what this podcast is all about, is preparing people to, to be aware of the, the opportunities that are all around them and then teach them or be willing, help them be willing to act upon those opportunities which is what you figured out how to do. Yeah. And then you talked about the Market Street Grill with the guy and talking, well, you haven't done this, you haven't done this. Gosh, I'm there. I was, I was there. I mean, the biggest thing I've done is jump off a bungee jump tower just hanging on the cord. Well, see, I've not done that. And that was kind of stupid. I mean, I've, I've done stupid things. And so I've kind of felt the same way. I haven't, I, my dad was the millionaire next door. So I, I pretty much had an awesome, amazing life. I had two parents that loved and encouraged me, a dad that taught me how to monetize my mindset because he was a farmer, but he also had his hands in, in many things. So I, for a long time, I was just like what that guy said to you. Sure. And I'm thinking, okay, does, does my message really have an audience does does anybody want to hear what i have to say yeah and i had to figure it out and i I think i have
0: yeah i think your message resonates with all of us yeah because we all have things that we you know we all have ideas right right oh i wish i i could do this well stop wishing just go out and do it like go make it happen and figure out how to make that happen and that's what you've done right that's what many of us have done and and those are the people that look back at life and don't have any regrets. We have a lot of life lessons, but we don't have regrets. Like, I honestly, I don't even regret not graduating high school on time because I, I learned a lot from it. I, I learned from that, and I went and got a master's degree. Or, not? I, just, I shouldn't say got one, right, because I, I didn't pay for it. Well, I, I kind of paid for it. But I, I went out and earned a master's degree. Right. And so, yeah, those life lessons, what are you going to do with them?
1: And so I like that what we're saying here is, with what you do with it's if you if you have a message that's and you may not my audience being you may not want to go down the lines of becoming a speaker sure but what do you know what have you learned what do you want to learn that you can teach other people go out and learn it or if you already know something you've learned something teach people that's if you want to become a speaker so you are in the public speaking industry now who do you speak to
0: I speak at many, uh, well, I speak at association conferences quite a bit. And then I also do a lot of corporate coaching or training, uh, whichever word you like. Okay. Uh, so that's basically my audience. I I love it. Uh, I, love, uh, I love association conferences. Uh, most of my business comes from there. Uh, and then just from my uh, past experience in sales, I get a lot of coaching and, and training opportunities. And I do a lot of coaching on... Uh, leadership coaching, communicate how to improve your communication within uh, with your external and internal customers, um, and then building, um, talking about really how to build a winning culture for your uh, within your organization.
1: So you do a couple of things. So you're you're a speaker. And then what is what else do you do? How did that splinter? How did that come about? Yeah,
0: so monetizing my mindset, right? I, (laughs) I uh, since I was young, I've really been into fashion. In fact, when I was in high school, I wanted to be a fashion designer. I, I, I just love fashion. I love everything about fashion, except for the seventies bell bottoms. I'm not down with that. But I just really enjoy fashion, so I thought, well. I just always been an interest, and I've always helping people, telling them, "Man, don't wear that, wear this." You know, friends and family and things like that, and just have a lot of fun with it. And, and I thought, well, how do I monetize my that mindset? How do I how do I make money doing that? So a few years ago, about three years ago, I became a uh, image consultant, and I just thought, wow, I can help people dress better. So my whole goal with that side of the business is to help people dress with elegance and distinction that's my goal whatever that means for my clients right and I have clients from I've had clients from every spectrum like they want to just be very casual or they want to be very formal right because of their work or what they're trying to accomplish so I just help them um, update their look or help them create a new look um, that's going to work for them and what they do and that could be speakers CEOs moms you name it and I started that business
1: you helped Julie, who is in our Toastmasters group, and it's been a it's it's what's interesting to watch. Yeah, what you've done with her and and how she has changed her her wardrobe and how she and she looks nice, other than the two inch hills because now she's two inches taller than <laughs> now me. Now she's six six. <laughs> yeah, now she's six six. <laughs> I'm going to ask you, what did didn't you have a nickname or something?
0: Yeah, so I I'm uh, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, and for. If you you know us already or if you don't know us, uh, as young adults at the age of 19, we go out and serve two-year proselyting missions. And so we go out and teach our faith to other parts of the world. And I did that in Mexico City uh, for my two years through 87 through 89. And uh, some of the other uh, missionaries that were there called me the walking fashion show. Because I just, I, I guess I dressed, I don't know. I, I, don't, I, don't, I just thought I was dressed normal, right? <laughs> so I found out that they called me the Walking Fashion Show. And I, when I was thinking of a name for my company, I didn't have to think very hard. I was like, oh, you're the Walking Fashion Show. So now you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook as the Walking Fashion Show.
1: Uh, that was one of your stories that I really enjoyed, <laughs> is how, that, how your name came about. Okay, right now, I'd like to ask you a question that we, we talked about before you came on the show, just so you could be a little bit prepared. You can't hit it out of the park 100% of the time. Yeah. We all have failures that, that happen in life. And I had one where I got a call from the FBI. at. I got a call from a buddy who was down at the FBI's office and told me to get my butt down there now and well it'll come out I'll tell the story later on this show and from that let's just say I lost a whole lot of money and that taught me lessons so from our from our failures we we learn lessons and some of them are the best lessons yeah. some of them are the most expensive lessons so what one or two failures have come up in your life to where you learn the most and 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 what did you learn and how did it help you out yeah
0: that's a great question i actually have a keynote speech that's uh, entitled when you fall fall forward it makes you think right yeah think about all the times you failed are you falling forward or are you falling backwards and so that's been my that's been my mindset from when i was very young always fall forward if you're not learning then it's a waste of time then that experience was a complete waste of time if you didn't learn from it and as long as you're learning from it it's really truly never quite a failure right because you got something from it I, i love that mindset but i would say the number one thing would be i wish i would have been able to better handle the experience i went through with one of my kids seven years ago because it was aside from your kid dying I think it's probably the worst thing that could happen to, to one of your kids. As a father, uh, as a husband, as a man, I don't think I dealt with it very well. And sometimes I question how well I, I even handle it today. But I'm I'm trying. I, I'm learning from it. I wish that it wouldn't have I wish that it wouldn't have hampered or or got in the way of my work performance and, and being the person that I was at work. Or, or I guess even in my in my family life, really, I think that would be probably the number one thing is, I wish I would have had the tools. I wish I would have been more, I don't, I don't want to say been more open to handling it better, but I wish I would have had the tools. I think that's probably the best way to say it. I wish I would have had the tools available to me at that at that time of, of, of going through that, um, because it really impacted my life in a negative way. I, I feel like I lost a lot personally through, through that experience. And I don't want to get into it and talk about it because it's very yeah. personal to me and, and, and one of my daughters, but gosh dang, I wish I would have handled that better. I, I wish I would have ended things with my employer in a better way because of that. I wish that would have ended better. Right. And, and it didn't end horribly. I think amicably, I think it's probably the word, the best way I could explain it is how we ended things, but I, I wish it would have ended in a, in a better way. And you know, for, for future, for future lessons, I think I've learned a lot of how to handle really hard, difficult situations to reach out to people, to, to talk about it, to not keep it all bottled up inside. I I wish I would have been more open with, with people that are in my life that could have helped me through that instead of being prideful and just keeping it all in. That's, that's what I wish I would have learned along the way.
1: So basically just being able to reach out for help as a man, sometimes we don't, we don't do that. Right. It's, it's not the right thing to do awesome A great lesson to learn because like i said whatever what happens when what happens happens it's it is going to happen yeah, yeah. something's going to happen yeah i have one of my stories which is kind of where i got onto. you know it's called the wake-up call and where where my wake-up call was my wife called me from japan because she's japanese she's home visiting getting her health checks done calls me and say hey the the initial tests indicate cancer Oh. And everybody's been touched by cancer, I sure. mean, no matter who you are. And I'm I'm okay, because she kind of jokes about it, so it didn't really sink in. The more I searched, and the more I searched on that cancer, because the real tests don't come back for eight days. I don't know why that is.
0: I, that drives me nuts. You
1: know, I'm just like, really, you can't tell you want to leave me in limbo for <laughs> eight to yeah. ten days? Are you kidding me? And the more I searched, and the more I searched, I was just like, the more worried I got. And of course, first thing is... I might lose my wife. What am I going to do? Yeah. The second thing is I can't afford this. And I'm, I'm just like, well, <laughs> I can't afford this. Why am I worried about money? But money isn't everything unless you don't have any or you don't have enough. Sure. And so this is what this is all about is inter- introducing people to different, different side hustles that they could do, different opportunities that are right there. That they could turn into an income stream so that they have the resources to deal with. Mm-hmm. Whatever happens when what happens, happens. Yeah. And so I like that you've gone through that and that you've you've done that. Let's let's talk about speaking a little bit. If you were to give someone advice on how to get started in the speaking world, if that's something they a path they chose to go down, what would you say to them?
0: I would say discover what your what your platform is going to be. Figure out what that is. What is your message going to be? And don't let anyone talk you off of it. There's, there's a lot of speaker coaches, uh, and, and, they, and I think they do a great job. Don't get me wrong. I think they bring a lot of value, especially if you're brand new to the business. But I think too many times I hear speakers, uh, speaking coaches saying, well, that doesn't resonate with your audience, or you need to change your, uh, your message so that it fits this, this, and that. And I don't believe that. I think that your message needs to be whatever is, is personal to you, whatever it is you're whatever it is you're passionate about. I can't tell you how many times somebody has said, "Live the life you've always imagined." That's so pie in the sky. You know what? It may be, but it's my message, right? right. And so I, I would say, find that find your find your message. What is it going to be? The second thing I would say is to be vulnerable. It's not an easy thing. It's easy to say. It is very difficult to do. Yeah. And that is be vulnerable. Nobody wants to hear a speaker who has all the answers. That is just, there is nothing enticing about that. There's nothing that you, you may be entertained for that period of time that you're listening, but you're going to walk away from that and you're not going to remember a thing that they talked about. In other words, right. it's not going to be impactful. So the more vulnerable you are and the more, the, the more times you show emotion and, and real emotion, those are the times where you're going to connect with your audience. That's when you're going to have that connection that is just, it's an amazing, like, almost flow of electricity between yourself and your audience that's back and forth. I like, I, I don't know what it's called, but what is it, that globe that has the electricity in it? What are those things called? you know what I'm talking about?
1: The, the little light? Where yeah, you that touch little it? light. I don't touches. know what they're called. I don't know
0: what they're called either, but you, I have that when I'm being really vulnerable with my audience that's what it's like it's it's an electricity that's the best way that I could explain it so I would say find find your message um, be vulnerable and then the number three thing is be authentic just be you right you don't need to be you know there are some great speakers in the state of Utah I, I really look up to guys like Ty Bennett Jason Hewlett and there's others but those are two in particular I can't do what they can do right like well the thing I love about Ty Bennett is Listening to that guy, it's like listening to someone speaking at the kitchen table. You know what I mean? Right. He is just so easy and easy to listen to. And he, he is, a, I mean, a really smart guy. I love listening to him. Jason Hewlett can entertain like there is no other, right? I mean, that guy is amazing what he can do. I can't do any of those things. So I really have to, like, hone in on what is what are my strengths. Be authentic to me. Right. Be authentic to my message and as long as I'm doing that, then I will be successful because I'm not trying to pretend to be somebody that I'm not. So, those are the three things that I, I tell speakers often when people approach me and say, Hey, I'm thinking about being a speaker. What should I do? Those are the three things that I tell them.
1: And, and like you said, don't get discouraged. It goes back to your, your meeting with the news guy and how he, he kind of played down you. Who are you? What are you doing? You know stuff like that, and and your message pie in the sky, the live the life you've imagined. Well, my message is monetize your mindset. You know <laughs> what I get? What does that mean? Yeah, and I'm just like, what does kind, that mean? Kind of weird because I think it's kind of obvious, but yeah. And the and I thought, I thought, wow, this is this is something that that everybody's going to know. Wow, well, the .dot com's still available. I guess when the .dot com's available, I should have. Known that maybe it's harder to understand then, than yeah. I thought it yeah. was, but you can make that message popular. I mean, rich dad, poor dad. Was it popular when he started? Probably not. You know, I don't know. But don't get discouraged. On your message is awesome. I like the uh, the vulnerability and auth- authenticity.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I, I am up at the Haven doing some service on Tuesday nights. It's a drug rehab center, and. Man, some of their messages are so vulnerable. They have to really let it out, and and they do show emotion, real emotion. For me, sometimes it's hard to show real emotion. I I feel that I'm kind of one of those guys that I don't get way excited, and I don't get way depressed.
0: Yeah, kind of even keel.
1: Kind of even keel. Uh And I think it because of that, when I'm telling my speeches, I have to be really into it to, to have true emotion. Yeah,
0: I used to think that showing real emotion was a hindrance, that it would show weakness. I, I was just kind of brought up that way. Real men don't cry, you know, kind of mentality. That's my dad. And so I've had to learn that. But I've, I've, I've just realized that whenever, I, whenever I'm vulnerable, whenever I'm telling the story and, you know, anybody can say, oh, I didn't graduate high school till I was whatever age, right? That, that's not a big deal. But... When you when you are vulnerable about that, and you talk about how that affected your parents, who came from a different country, who are immigrants, and who had high hopes for you of graduating high school, what that did to them, you know, I remember the look of disappointment. When I really talk about that, and so I'm showing vulnerability, right? Right. It, that's what I'm talking about, you know, showing that emotion and showing that what what did that what was that like? What was your pain like? Because I think we all go through experiences like your your wife almost or you know going through your cancer scare i mean that's scary like you said we're all impacted by that but i think we just kind of talk about it on the surface but what did that really mean to you what was like what were your innermost thoughts that's being vulnerable and when we get to that level is when that's when my career took off and that's when i started speaking all all around the world i've been to i've been very very fortunate uh, i'm not i'm by no means you know huge on, this, on the on a speaker spectrum but i'm building towards that right? right every single day and i've been very very fortunate i've been i've been able to go to uh, south korea four times i've been able to go to greece two times i've been able to go to england to speak canada i've just been really really fortunate and it's not luck this is it's that that's all just hard work but i think those are the keys is being vulnerable and just being true to who you are and people will see that and will appreciate that, and and, they, and you will connect with your audience. They will connect with you.
1: Well, on the Monetize Your Mindset podcast, we define luck as, and it's not me. It's I think it's Seca or Sekula from Greek history that said, "Luck is when preparedness meets opportunity." Oh, yeah,
0: that's right. That's right. Yeah. And
1: and I totally believe that because me too. It's it's not about. I often think about my my life as being lucky. I look back on my life and some of the things I did on accident and I was like, no, it's not luck. It's being prepared when the opportunity yeah. came about and willing to take action. Yeah. And that's one of the key things here is willing to take action that we talk about on on this podcast. Last thing I want to ask you is books. What book has affected you the most or maybe that you quote the most? And it may be one or two or three and obviously, you may not have read a whole lot until you got... Now you can yeah. listen. The good thing is we have Audible now, so we don't even have to read. We just listen. Yeah, I,
0: I'm, not, I'm not an Audible books guy. I'm not even a Nook guy. I am a physical books guy. I am in love with books. I have an incredible library in my office at home, and I am in love with turning the pages. I love to feel the weight of the paper, the texture of the pages. I, I fell in love with reading. Uh, and I've read a lot, so that, that's a good question. What books... You know, recently I read for probably the fifth time, and I can't remember the, the name of the authors, and I, I apologize for that. But the book is called Built to Last, and it's really talking about uh, – they, t- they take a look at, like, these conglomerate organizations like Merck, right, um, like Disney. Anyway, they look at these huge companies, and they talk about what is it that's made them last the, the test of time since they were – since their conception – It's an awesome book.
1: I believe it's the same author as Good to Great, or is it Uh, not?
0: No, I can't can't remember.
1: Okay, Built built to Last. My
0: memory, you know, I guess some medical things over the last few months isn't as great, but Built to Last isn't great. You just mentioned Good to Great. I just picked that up again uh, last week and started reading that. Uh, So that's a really, really good book. What would be a third? And, you know, I just, I don't know. Um, I don't read a lot of books that are like in the self-help type of thing. But, um, shoot, what would be a third? It's called Monetize Your Mindset. Monetize Your Mindset. What is, who said that? <laughs> no. Yeah, Monetize Your You know <laughs> what? Quit. You actually, no, but all kidding aside, you actually, your book was actually really, really good. Because when I read your book, it really got me thinking, what else can I be doing? And I actually came up with another thing. So I just thought, I made a list of all, because when I read your book, I actually physically made a list of all the things that I enjoy doing. And then I made a list of the things that I'm really, really passionate about. And the three things that came up were speaking, fashion, and fishing. And when I say fishing, I mean bass fishing in particular, right? Because that's what I'm all about. And I thought, well, I love bass fishing, so how do I monetize that? And then I came up with a list. I could, like, I could do fishing tournaments. So I currently fish kayak fishing tournaments for bass every month. I go to a kayak bass fishing tournament so that I can make money doing that. Well, what else can I be doing? And I thought, well, I really love this logo. So I, had, I, w- I worked with a company, and they created this that. logo called Fear No Bass. And uh, people don't get it. You know, I like, Fear No Bass, what? I don't get it. But you don't have to. It's over your head. Just, <laughs> just go with it. Just go and buy the hat. And so I thought, well, that's a cool logo, and that's something I really believe in and, and was really passionate about. So I started, create, I started putting that logo on hats, T-shirts, what, whatever it'll go on, and, and selling, you know, stuff. Right. And I thought, wow. That's, so for anyone who thinks that they've already got it all figured out, we don't, and you probably don't. And so when you read Monetize Your Mindset, really think of it as what, what could you be doing what great ideas do you have that you've been sitting on for a long time? Maybe you're not going to go on Shark Tank, right, to to pitch your idea, but shoot, you could you could figure out how to make that happen yourself, and, and how to do that. And so, it was a great book.
1: I really, Thanks, I really appreciate that. I had it. to put, I had to do Good a self, I had to not do a really, selfless plug, really
0: sneaky plug in there. Yeah. Way to go.
1: And and what'd you say there? I mean, how you? It's really meant as a memory jogger. Because a lot of people just need examples of what other people are doing sure. or have done to think, oh, I can I can do something with bass or what can I do? It just gets them thinking and, and that's what it's meant to do and meant to be. So thanks for sharing that, yeah, that story bet. there.
0: You bet.
1: Thanks for coming on our podcast here, Eric. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your, your friendship as a fellow speaker. Likewise. Likewise. And I really enjoy your stories and, and how you tell them and what you do. So Thank you. I
0: appreciate that. Thanks for having me. It was, it was a great time. I really enjoyed it. All right.
1: Thanks again. All right.
0: Thanks for listening. Remember, monetize your mindset. Build financial security by monetizing what you already know so that
1: you will always have the resources to deal with whatever happens when what happens happens. Follow us on Facebook and at BartMerrill.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review.